The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Let's go indeed. Let's go indeed. Uh, we just got watching, finished watching the uh, Ben Shapiro uh, WAP remix. Uh, <laughs> so we're a little punchy because it is awesome. <laughs> and it continues along those lines. Is awesome the word you want to use? Oh, my God. I just love the internet sometimes. For anybody that doesn't know, um, obviously, Cardi, Cardi B's got the new song out. And Ben Shapiro had a problem with the lyrics, so he read them out on his show. And oh. so the internet took them and just remixed them and replaced Cardi B. And it's great. It's just, just such a great, because it's such an explicit song. He's like, this is the degradation of society. Uh, and, uh, and, then, and then the internet was like, cool, let me just make a song out of that. And it's really good. Probably not appropriate for this show, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm having a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my day is a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, right. It has to be a little better after listening. Just the, the and the, you know, it's funny when the follow up from that happened last week. There were so many great tweets that are again probably not things I'm going to repeat here, but there you should look them. You should look them up because oh. he like he went to a doctor <laughs> about it. Do it, like, Adam. And people were no, no. His wife is a doctor. Oh, his wife is a doctor. What? Oh my God, I didn't know that. See, these are the things I don't know because I don't pay attention. Are we deep diving now? No, no we're not like, deep diving no. now. God forbid, Adam, it takes, it, all it takes is this, and then you're infected. He's like the flood because I, I'll look up something like, I wonder how you do a proper Taekwondo kick. And YouTube's like, oh, you want to learn how to do a Taekwondo kick? Yeah. Okay, you might want to learn some stuff about jujitsu. Yeah, I would like jujitsu. How about, uh, I'll recommend this Muay Thai video. Yeah. How about this feminist gets owned? Piece of garbage, idiot. No, ew. I don't want that. Oh, okay. Well, here's how you throw a proper boxing punch. Oh, I would like that. And here's another video of feminists getting owned. And like, all you need is that word in there. And it's, it's like the BO from Seinfeld. Like, it, it just never goes away. <sighs> it's just him saying, wet ass P word seven days a week <laughs> just make that pull out game week no guys this is a great place to start i think it's amazing man i just, it's just the self-ownage is so beautiful and there's nothing about it that's not funny and then now they're doing tiktoks to it and like it's just that that is what the internet was created for it wasn't this right right wing crazy stuff and and a whole bunch of hate and all that no no, no. it was made for reducing people who think they're intelligent to goofy memes of themselves. And I think it was great. So well done, everyone. Well done. Oh. Well done. Oh. Now well, that I found out about that five minutes ago. Oh, so good. good. Right? Wait, oh do you, my God. wait, do you go further? I've only scratched the surface on the Ben Shapiro uh, remixes. It's all I want to do for the rest of the day. Yep. Absolutely. And that's what you should do. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Um, obviously there's a lot to get to today. Uh, we're going to go outside of uh, hockey for a little bit too. Um, we've got. Uh, you know, we're going to update on all the uh, the playoff series and that sort of thing. Uh, obviously, we lost Dale How Howard Chuck. Uh, you know, and we'll talk about that. Um, and you know, some some major news in this in the in the sports world, I would say. Um, news that sort of transcends uh, Toronto, but is about Toronto. So every time we talk about the you know besides Toronto in the NHL like we talk about like the Raptors or something like that people are like oh that's Toronto only 
Well, it's because a lot of people saying that are Americans and Americans tend not to care about the Raptors, which is fine. The Raptors are not in their country. I understand that. Uh, it's why we get our 4 p.m. starts uh, as defending champs, you know? Like, it's, it's a bit silly. However, last year as the finals uh, sort of wrapped up, the Raptors, you know, the last 10 seconds of the game basically had it in the bag. A couple fouls called or whatever, and, and that was it. Um, Danny Raptors- Green said, want to bet? <laughs> Yeah, Raptors president Masai Ujiri tried to make his way to the floor and, you know, celebrate with the team. Big deal for everybody, right? And it was pretty major that a Canadian sports team had won the NBA championship uh, 25 years after that franchise came about. And so with so much failure and so many stars leaving town, it was very – it was a huge, huge, huge moment. And Masai Ujiri at that time didn't mention it. You saw him on the floor celebrating and being happy. But afterwards, we found out that there was an incident. And this is what we found out. This is not actually what happened. So let me specify that beforehand. Uh, Masai Ujiri, on his way to the floor, was accused of assaulting a police officer uh, in the Oakland division. I I, I don't know specifically what the – it doesn't really matter – uh, an Oakland police officer who was guarding the floor, uh, as they have them there, as they would in any NBA arena, to to make sure that uh, people who shouldn't be on the floor are not on the floor. So uh, Masai was walking towards the floor, and as the guy says it, uh, he he accused Masai of pushing him, of um, using excessive force, um, of being belligerent, the man's uh, name is Alan Strickland, by the way, and he's Almeida County's sheriff deputy. There you go. So he's a sheriff's deputy, and that's not a small position to have. Now, he's had issues before, um, and finally, a year, more than a year later, they release the cam footage of – because, you know, these guys all have cameras on them. And it shows quite unequivocally that Masai Ujiri was making his way to the floor – most people who are basketball fans would know Masai anyway. And this guy pushes him as Masai is trying to pull his accreditation out and then pushes him again. And screams, back the fuck up. <laughs> Which, worst case scenario, you know, at anyone, you know, we've seen a thousand videos of people trying to sneak into stuff. The worst case scenario, you go, hey, hey, hey just let me see it fully mm-hmm. or, or whatever. This guy, <laughs> first thing, that he opens with, back the fuck up. Mm-hmm. He's a lying liar who should be fired for being a lying liar, lying liar. So this guy has already received money, I believe, from the sheriff's department. I think it's over $100,000. Uh, He's a wife, grifter. His He's wife grifter. is now suing. Um, a federal lawsuit was filed. How is his wife uh, suing? How I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. I don't so- understand. On February 10th, Strickland and his wife, Kelly Strickland, were seeking $75,000 U.S. in general damages, as well as other compensation, including punitive damages, lost wages, current and future medical expenses, and legal costs. So that was the lawsuit they filed against Medical exp- Anyway, you see this video. You see where it happens. And the thing that gets me about this, and I tweeted this this morning, if you put that out, if you look at that for, you know, 15 minutes later, because that footage is available from the second that it's taken, this issue is resolved. The courts are not tied up. Uh, lawyers aren't involved, especially opportunist lawyers, of which there are many in California, let's be honest. 
when there's a celebrity involved, there's a, there, there's a vulture culture of lawyers that are coming after you and, and they're making big money off of you. And so, of course, this guy's going to have people that are calling him going, I'll represent you. And Masai's got good representation and, of course, an alibi and a story. But for whatever reason, they held on to this and held on to this and delayed and delayed and delayed. And here we are 14 months later. The situation is finally resolved. And the thing that kills me is that Masai Ujiri has done nothing but good things for humanity. It's not just the Raptors. Like you, don't, you look at what he's done with the Giants of Africa program and, and the myriad of other things that he has had the Raptors do and spearhead in the community. He's an incredible, incredible leader and uh, a special man. And this guy had his championship celebration marred, and I don't know how much, but marred by some fucking loser. And all they had to do, all they had to do was go, let's look at the footage. Okay, we'll release the footage. There we go. But what are they doing? They delay, they delay, they delay because they don't want to be embarrassed. And here they are being embarrassed 14 months later. And it's just as embarrassing. Time does not heal this wound. And I think it's a, such a, a, an awful indictment on the police department, which any police department should want to get the story right. In this case, they're trying to protect the officer. You know, and that's, they're trying to protect the reputation of the office. Well, the the way you protect the reputation of the office is by telling the truth. If one of your officers is in the wrong, you tell the truth. You come out with it and you say, you know what? He was in the wrong. We're going to retrain him or we're going to let him go or we're going to suspend him. I don't know what protocol would be. But the idea that this guy was able to file lawsuits and have a second side to this story, completely making something up, is a, is a joke. Everybody's entitled to, uh, to an investigation. Uh, the investigation is on this 15-second clip. It's done. There's nothing else to look at. And in fact, there's even an overhead cam that shows the exact same thing happening, and they're able to see Masai and this particular officer. And Jesse, I'm glad you knew his name. I didn't even bother to learn it because I don't care. Um, it's... it's uh, it's such a shame that we're looking at something like this. And for anybody that was in my DMs going this summer going, I don't understand why you guys keep talking about this stuff. I don't know if this event would put you over, but this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. This is what people are protesting about. And this stuff happens every day. And I want you to imagine that it was not a rich man with a rich uh, organization to back him up because the Raptors stepped in legally and said, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah, the only reason we got this cam footage is because they have a countersuit against them. And then with that filing on Tuesday of the countersuit, the videos got released. So it's just, it's just another piece of paper on the stack of the long list of evidence of police officers just not <laughs> hoarding evidence against their terrible actions. Mm-hmm. You know, and if that- this is happening to the president of a basketball team, a rich millionaire black man imagine what they're doing to the poorest of the poor can you imagine imagine the sheer amount of bullshit this guy has pulled throughout his career he pulled that on the court during the award ceremony at the nba final thinking he would get away with it imagine what this guy does in his cop car Imagine what this guy does just walking around. Imagine what he does when nobody's looking. This guy did it in a stadium full of thousands of people. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. The, the thing, there's just layers. There's layers to it. The one where I was like, how is his wife 
able to sue for anything. Who are these people? That police department should step up and be like, just admit to wrongdoing immediately, and we want nothing to do with an officer like this. I, it would have been I, over. I won't, I won't hold it my been breath. Over. I won't well, hold my breath. They, they've, my had, breath. they've had that footage since the second after it happened, and they've been hoarding it. And the police department has paid him uh, leave. I don't know what it's called, sick leave or whatever it is. They've paid Dumbass him since, since it's happened. Leave. And his name is Alan Strickland, and he should never be a police officer ever again. No, they've known he's shame. a liar since the day it happened. Exactly. And they've been protecting him for all of the wrong reasons. Disgusting. Right. And that's, that, that goes into the problem, right? It's like you, 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 um, you have un- like a footage that's undeniable. And you want to restore, um, if I'm in any police organization right now, you want to restore public confidence. That's the goal. And if one police police department does this it makes them all look really bad um and because policies are similar a lot of them do and it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to get footage like this released who has that who has that and that's the problem it's that it's that this could have if this had just happened to a random guy there's a good chance that footage never makes it out Uh there's a good chance that the person who's in Masai's position gets charged and is put in jail and their life is ruined like, yeah. That's the most likely outcome in a situation like this. When an officer is accusing a civilian of acting against the officer, the civilian is going to get in trouble and their life is going to be ruined. But if you've got millions of dollars, you can fight back. But 99% of people don't have millions of dollars to fight these things. Right. And they're happening all the time to normal people. And it's not like this is a lawsuit where if you like or a court case where if you win, they're going to cover your court costs. Like you're spending money to defend yourself and then you're out that money, even if you do win. This is the thing. This has to, this is, these are the conversations what we need to have that are uncomfortable, that suck. Uh, but if we, if we don't deal with this now, we're not get, we're, we will always have these conversations. This has to change. And when we talk about accountability, I know that like in Ontario, we have something called the SIU that's not associated with the police and investigates police all the time. I don't know that there are such stringent things in other places. Obviously, Canada has a lot more public money to uh, percentage-wise to spend. Uh, than the United States does. But these are the things that cannot go on. And uh, these, these frivolous lawsuits, uh, and any lawyer associated with this man should also be called to the bar. This is ridiculous, right? Like I know uh, if, they, if a lawyer sees that, I know that, I, know that lawyers, I know that lawyers have to represent the worst of humanity. I get it, it's a tough, tough job. But if, you, if you're, a, you're his lawyer and you see that, how do you not drop him? Like, how do you go, well, there's nothing here, right? But, you know, that's the, um, that's the reality. And that's the frustrating and sad part about seeing this. So it's nice to see Masai vindicated. Um, would... See, he's vindicated to us, but he's still in the court process, is mm-hmm. he not? Yeah, that's, this, this just kicked off the countersuit. This is, this is just what started the, got the so ball. So he's got months ahead. Yeah. But he Who is vindicated. Yeah. yeah. You can't so argue is... against it. No, you really can't. Yeah. You Thank really... God we live in 2020 when video cameras are so easily accessible, you know, and that it doesn't cost much to get body cams on people and that when things like this do happen, there is evidence. Right. You know, because who knows if this is 2005, you know, and cameras yeah. aren't everywhere. Courtside at the NBA finals. Yeah. The balls. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet he was there because he's a sheriff's deputy. 
Because that's sort of a high-ranking position, is it not? Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. that out there. I think it's important that we talk about it. Um, the next thing I think we got to mention is the Tukarask situation, which in Boston, everybody else has moved on. I'm not really sure why Boston's so upset about this, but it seems to be among Boston sports fans yet another thing to be mad at Tukarask for. And we talked to Pete Blackburn about this a couple of years ago uh, in preparation for a Leafs series uh, with the Bruins that inevitably ended in heartbreak and shame. But uh, Pete uh, talked about how, you know, Tuka, for whatever reason, people just don't like him. Now, if he performed like that as a Leaf, he would have a statue outside of the Air Canada Center slash Scotiabank Arena already. Oh, my God. He'd have but, his number retired. <laughs> but for some reason... In Boston, I don't know if it's his mannerisms or if it's that he's given up big goals because if you're even if you're a great goaltender, you're going to be a net when big goals go in, when you lose, because you're going to lose. From time to time, you will lose. Um, I don't know what it is, but uh, WEEI in Boston, which is their sports leader, it's the biggest station. It's Tom Brady used to call out of a segment every Monday, like big, big, big radio station. Uh you know, and, and what's unique about that station is that the uh, announcers often have professional, personal relationships with particular players. So what I have found when every time I hear clips from these guys is that it's like, yo, I, I talked to them on the phone privately yesterday. And this is what happened in this particular situation. Now, I want to shout out the show involved because uh, they, they had the interview. So it is the, um, uh, the Greg Hill show. And I believe Greg Hill and his, he's got two co-hosts. And um, they basically, uh, Greg talked to him on the phone two days ago. This all happened yesterday. This all went on the area yesterday. So yesterday he's like, well, the day before this, uh, I was talking to Tuka. And if you want to listen to the interview, we can link to it. But basically said there was a, uh, he got a call from his wife about a health issue with one of his kids. Medical emergency. Medical emergency. And he left. Now to me, I didn't even need to hear that. But now that now hearing that, it's like, well, even more. It looks like he made the right choice. But it's interesting. Well, and, and Adam, <laughs> now that we know it was a medical emergency that he left the bubble, now everyone's fine with the fact that he left, right? <laughs> well, you would think. Is that the end of this, this story? No, I, it's made Oh, it, it isn't. Worse. Weirdly not. <laughs> So, oh, sorry, sorry. I got off on the wrong floor. Let me get back in the elevator of dumb fuckery. I need to go further down. Here we go. Let's go another layer down. So I'm not sure. Elevator shaft of dumb fuckery. Here we go, everyone. So first off, they, he wouldn't, Greg wouldn't tell what the problem was. And people, first of the people's reaction to that part of it was like, your, your show is a joke. How can you not tell them? The second thing is... He's, he's like, I saw what happened to Steve Simmons. I'm not stupid. Boston sports fans. Uh, well, not only that, but it's not his business. It's not no, as, frankly his fucking business. But yeah, anyway, uh, Boston sports fans um, came back and said, well, you got you to tell us what it was. Or Tuca's got to tell us what it was because we pay to see the games. So therefore, he's, he's accountable official. to us. <laughs> So he asked, starting goaltender and governor of Massachusetts. Are you people okay? <laughs> yeah. By the way, this Holy isn't your taxes. Like, you, you don't, don't, you're not privy to this information. No, if you're you not. Want to take it to a Boston Bruins game. You know what you deserve? To watch that game that evening. Yeah. After that, 
fuck off. Right. <laughs> After the final horn sounds, thanks for your money, dipshit, bye. If you want to come to the next game, you buy another ticket. That is the end of our obligation to you. From 7 p.m. until whenever the game in ends, we'll make sure you have a good time. After that, get the fuck out of TD Bank Arena. Yes, Adam? TD Garden, sorry. I mean, and also, you don't pay a salary. Jeremy Jacobs play, pays a salary. Yes! But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's... I can't believe in listening to these clips, and maybe they... And I, yeah. listen, I don't want to accuse yeah. them of anything because I don't know. Sometimes if you're in sports, the, the, the thing to do is go with the worst possible text that you can read and then talk about them. Oh, okay, okay. Don't dance around so, it. So, they cherry-picked everything awful yeah. anybody was saying, and they read <laughs> it on air to get people fired up. It kind of seems that way. That's exactly <laughs> what they were doing. Which is good radio. That's what you want to yes. do. Like that, like you can <laughs> say that's exploitive and it is, but that's what good entertainment is, man. It's the female exploitive. host <laughs> brought up human trafficking in relation to. No, I didn't make it that far. <laughs> in relation had, to Duke Rassi's daughter. Just she had. Skipping way too far ahead. The <laughs> first really, was like, by the way, you sound hot. <laughs> yeah, the first caller is like, hey, you sound hot today. I like it when you get hot. And, and it was like, I was like, and she's, she handled it so well and so graciously. And he's like, listen, I go to a game. And all I want, you know, and this guy owes me an explanation. I'm a big Bruins fan. And she's like, just because you went to a game in 87 does not yeah. mean that the Boston Bruins owe you anything or Tuka Rask owes you anything. She said and what she I said, except it was fucked off. She nailed it. She yeah. was absolutely right. Now, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I guess you guys did. No, I, I had to I tap I had, out at like 15 minutes. So. It goes on. It's like two, it's two, and a, it's two segments. So they made an hour of content out of it, which good for them. Oh, the response, the, the negative one, response to it is, is surprising to me. And they, they brought up, um, is, it, is it Jason Tatum from the Celtics? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they That's said, the listen, the, the NBA, uh, sorry, the Celtics, their championship hopes rest on this guy, right? If they're going to win, it's going to be because of him. And they said, if the same thing happened to Jason Tatum, and he got a call, and one of his kids was sick, and he had to leave and go and, and get on the – he said the, – the, the host said, I think it was the third mic guy, and I forget what his name is, and I apologize for that. Uh, he said if, if he shows up at Logan Airport and, uh, and he's there because he's got to take care of his kids, he said there'd be a parade behind him, <laughs> an applause. There'd be like, people yes, offering wow, him a ride. Right. Yeah. So what is it about Tuka Rass that people don't like? Is it's it, not Tim Thomas. What, what was it about Tim Thomas that they could like, other than the great saves? What won a Stanley he Cup? He took a year off. And then, then just bounced. Won a Stanley Cup. Won a Stanley Yes. Okay. Tuka Rask left the bubble during a pandemic to go be with his family. Tim Thomas literally abandons his team. Leaves him without a goal. Okay, okay. While Tuka. Fine. Literally walks away from the sport. And millions of dollars. That's how bad he wanted to walk away from the Boston Bruins. He said, screw it. Not interested. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy, man. They, Jesse, you should have kept listening. You should have, you really should have kept listening. Because I, tr I, I tried. I made it pretty deep. If you make it all the way to the end, you'll be convinced there should be legislation to make sports callers illegal. <laughs> <laughs> what did they get into, Steve? Yeah, what happens at the end? Well, okay, so the first one, oh, he's hot and everything. And as, 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 someone, as someone who has bought a ticket, 
I deserve to know. But then the host was just, the host was basically pushing the people who are being, still being negative about Rask and going, say what you mean to say. Don't dance around it. You're calling him a liar. You're saying he never wanted to be. So basically what Tukaras said, and I don't know if we ever got to this. Um, he said, it, it feels like an exhibition game. Mm-hmm. And I want to say he said this after game two, which the Bruins lost. I think I it, yeah, say. I think it was last Thursday. I do remember that, yeah. He was in that. Yeah, he said that. And you know what? If you were critical of that quote. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it's, it's off-putting. It's off-putting. I saw Pete Blackburn. He's like, man, he's got to stop saying this shit. <laughs> and, and he yeah. was not wrong. So because of that, people were like, he never wanted to be there in the first place. One thing I believe it was the first caller brought up is supposedly Tukarask was in COVID isolation at one point, and he's oh he, he was gets a little or something. Or something yeah, he gets golf. a little cough, and uh, he you know he goes into isolation. He didn't want to play. Oh, he just gets a little cough. Yeah, did he have a little cough? <laughs> In the middle of a pandemic, however the fuck you would say it, Bruce. Don't make fun of, don't make fun Bruce of Bruce from Potomac. No, fuck that, Jesse. I will. Fair. I will. I absolutely will. I don't give a shit. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But I, listen, who, would, who could want to make fun of the delicate Massachusetts accent? It's such. It dances off the tongue. Poll? You see that poll that said it's. Uh, it was like voted the hottest accent in North America. Really? Yeah, I, by the same people who voted uh, to name a boat, Bodie McBoatface, I'm sure. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, it, so it was basically, you're calling him a liar. You're saying he never wanted to be there in the first place. And Tuka Rat, just say, say what you want to say. You're saying Tuka Rask fabricated a medical emergency with one of his children so that he could stop playing hockey and presumably laugh at all the money he has that, and you don't. Is, is what you're seeing in your just anger porn fantasy in your brain. I, I, I don't know what is wrong with people. I don't know what is wrong with people. And I'll just, I'll just fucking say it. I'll, I, I've gone on the air on sports radio at length. I did it for a couple months at least. And, oh, we're going to the phones. And every time I went. I never great. went to the phones. I, think I, don't, I don't think I ever went to the phones when I was on sports Lucky radio. Lucky you. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's shit. It's awful. Every time I listen, I go done. I go, what's, what's on? I wonder what Adam's saying. They're on verge. Oh wait. Nope. I can't. I got to go to kiss. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got, I got, I got to go to kiss because. Oh, you I work got, at Rogers. Cause I'm a oh, company guy. Yeah, sure. I bet, I, go I, bet kiss. I bet you are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We know the real answer. You just slipped out with it. Freudian. Guy, guy calls in at six and you got to Is he? Is he drunk? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, I, I you said it. I didn't. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think sports, I think I told you guys this. The, Get off the, the phone. Remember the spring that, um, that Connor McDavid was going to be drafted and the Leafs were in the lottery. And uh, I, I was listening to sports. You know, I think I was coming back from a house party at your place, Steve. And it was gray and rainy and a guy gets on and he's like, he's like, if the Leafs get Connor McDavid, the smartest thing that they can do is trade him. <laughs> and then he's like, and, and I, 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 I think it might've been Roger Lajoie who's very, very mild mannered and very nice to people. 
And he said, excuse me? <laughs> and, and he's like, well, uh, I think, you know, that's the kind of guy that you could get a whole ass team's worth of assets for. Um, so, you know, you could get, you could get like seven guys for him. And I think Roger was like, which, which seven? <laughs> what, where does that, who, who, well, he's like, well, I don't know. That's the GM's job. And he's like, no, but which seven guys is he going to get? What, like, where's that, where is that trade? He's like, that trade has to exist. There has to be a will for that to exist. He's like, you, you're talking about a generational talent and you want to trade him. He's like, well, it worked out well for the, uh, uh, for the Quebec Nordiques when they traded Lindros. He's like, they had to trade Lindros. He wouldn't sign. He's like, yes, they, it worked out, but they got Peter Forsberg back. Right. And like, like if Peter Forsberg was highly touted. Like a, a generational just, Hockey Hall of Fame yes, player at sixth yes. overall. You don't always get that at sixth overall. Sometimes right. you get Brett Connolly, and then who's they followed fine, the, but he's not Peter friggin' Forsberg. And they followed that up with a Patrick Waugh trade, right? A couple years later, they somehow had Patrick Waugh magically land in their lap when he fell out of favor in Montreal and he didn't want to play there anymore. That you know, like, trade this, sucked ass. <laughs> terrible trade. What? Terrible what? Trade. So, so, just, he, so based on what Adam's saying, by the way, if you call into a sports show, which I have done, mm-hmm. um, you uh, the contribution you make to the show is your staggering wrongness allows people to fill time because they got to break right. down the numerous reasons that you're wrong. Trust me, I'm not going to break down all the reasons that you're right because you're not. Consequently, nope. And my role also, on this show. It's, hey. <laughs> Hey, listen, we all got to play our role, right? It's also the other people who agree with that caller in their cars going, yeah, this guy knows what's up. You know, no, that, that's also a, a sir, I definitely you trade doesn't. Connor McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so that happened. Uh, and the last thing that has been a bit of a, a bugaboo in the sports world is it's baseball being baseball again. Baseball is a different culture. It's a different, and it, the reason that baseball is a different culture is that the last baseball fan, the youngest baseball fan in the world is about 56. And everybody else is sort of there, but they're, you know, let's be honest. The, the youngest baseball 56. fan is 56. Um, and baseball has for a long time just rested on its laurels that in the 1970s, 60s, 50s, that sort of thing, it was the preeminent game in sports and made tons of money and has still always made tons of money. But to say that they're doing a great job of reaching out to youth culture, much like the NHL, is sort of laughable. And Fernando Tatis Jr., and I used to watch his dad play. That's how old I am. I used to play his, I used to draft his dad in fantasy drafts in Ken Griffey Jr.'s uh, Major League Baseball on N64. Wow. Loved him at, I loved having him at third base and then Barry Larkin at shortstop. And Nomar Garcia Parra sometimes too. It's great. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, Fernando Tatis Jr. is what they were hoping Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was going to be. Uh, he's amazing. He's just a, just an incredible, incredible baseball player. And the Padres, who he plays for, were up in the seventh inning against another team. I don't even care what the other team is. The Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers. There you go. Oh, no, really, the Texas – oh, no. Did they have a – are they upset again? Not the Texas Rangers. They're never upset. No, and, and they're always at the center of definitely not in the middle of shitting their pants. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's so true. But anyway, the the ba- the basic thing is in baseball. Apparently, they're like hockey. There's unwritten rules. Yeah, they're up and, seven three, by the way. So they're up seven three, which is nothing in baseball. They're a grand slam away from this game being tied. It's a grand slam, slam, you it's say? It's funny you said grand slam. Yeah, right. So <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. gets up to the plate, and this is what this guy does. He delivers, right? So the pitcher hangs three balls on him. So it's three, no, you know, three zero count. And the four, you know, the next, the next pitch has got to be a strike. So you should just swing. So of course the guy hangs one on him. Perfect, perfect pitch to hit. Fernando Tatis Jr. Smokes it. It's out of the park. Grand slam. And after the game, the manager for Chris the Woodward for who again, Chris Woodward, manager of the Texas Rangers. And he did. Was he not a J at one point? Yes. Yeah. No, so, no, no, not a J. Red Sox? Was he a Red Sox? You don't claim him, Adam. Adam, you're, you're skipping ahead of the, of the pitch. Oh, sorry. Tell me about the pitch, Steve. Well, they threw behind him because yeah. they got to let him know we didn't like that you no. did good baseball at us. <laughs> they threw behind Manny Machado, who was up right. next. Oh, right. okay. And, so, and so he the, did play for the – Chris Woodward did play for the Jays from 99 to 2004. I thought correct. so. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Chris Woodward gets on TV afterwards and says, I just think uh, there's unwritten rules in baseball. And that is, you know, doing swinging. He had a problem with not hitting the home run that he even swung on a 3-0. And weirdly, strangely, because the game's not over yet, there's still like two and a half innings to go. He has a problem with one team trying to win the game. Yeah, and it was the seventh inning, and it was a four-run lead. I don't care if it's the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> right. Or the top of the ninth, in that case. Who cares? If you're up 12 nothing, you keep playing in baseball. Why? Because baseball is prone to insane comebacks. That's what makes playoff baseball so amazing. No time it's, limit. There's no time limit. It just goes until it's done. And that's, the, that's what's so like, oh, you're, you are on the edge of your seat till the end of the game. And this guy comes up, and he's only got – he's down four runs. And basically, Chris Woodward, to me, he is – he's pissed at himself because he put the wrong reliever in. They were within striking distance. You score a couple runs in each inning, you're back in this game, or just a couple runs, and you're back in this game. And this guy put out the wrong guy. So what he's trying to do is construct a little straw man on the side and set him on fire so everybody looks at the straw man and not at Chris Woodward, who looks like an idiot. And so I, what, what, what made me crazy, though, was there was a report done on this and other managers around the league were like, yeah, I agree with them. Well, the, uh, um, the, the, not the, the Padres manager came out and said that um, Tatis has to learn from this because he, he was given – Fire that well, manager. He was given a signal to not swing at the pitch. This is a whole other controversy because the third base fire coach him. told them not fire to swing him. at the 3-0 yeah, pitch. Yeah, fire the third base coach. And the too. manager comes out after the game and says, well, this is going to be a learning experience because he was told not to swing, and hopefully going forward he'll know. <laughs> so the manager – Yo, the if I'm him, team, trade me. Please right? trade me. San Diego is a perennial losing team. No wonder. I didn't know – I didn't know that his own. Yeah, he didn't even defend them. Oh. Also, Chris Woodward got suspended one game. Good. For telling the pitcher, uh, Ian, I forget his last name, Ian to throw at Manny Machado the next pitch. Who The pitcher also got a three-game suspension, and then Chris Woodward was suspended a game. For- well, how was that three <laughs> and Joe Kelly got eight? Uh, That's because, because let's protect the Astros. 
right? Let's protect the Astros. Very interesting take. They won a championship. I'm sure no one else has it. But, but, Fernando Tatis was not done. He got right back on his bullshit. I absolutely love it. The Padres are up. I don't know if this was the next game or two games after. They were up, I want to say it was six runs. Mm -hmm. Something like that. He's on second. This guy steals third. <laughs> he steals third. And here's what's great, though. Ha ha, kid. You're out. The Rangers got him out. And that was the third out. So they start heading to the dugout. And the Padres say, actually, we'd like to review that. <laughs> Turns out he was safe. Mm -hmm. This guy steals third. Right. Good, good, good. And then the Rangers tweeted about it after the game and they turned off the comments. Rotten, rotten baby shit organization, top to bottom. Boom. It's funny because we, you know, as Toronto fans, we're extra sensitive when it comes to the, uh, the Rangers organization because Batista hit the, uh, the bat flip thing that caused a huge controversy and against Odor Texas. is a giant asshole. Yeah. And, 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 and like Texas is like, yeah, we won. We won ultimately because we punched because Odor punched <laughs> Batista in the face the next regular season game. Yeah, keep keep we, drinking we that turnip juice, Shelbyville. Keep drinking it. <laughs> Let's celebrate with a warm glass of turnip juice there, Shelbyville. <laughs> Is it quenching your thirst? Mm -mm. Vitamin-rich turnip juice there, Shelbyville. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, Adam? Anyway, that's that's what we're dealing with here. It's yeah. this. I don't understand why you would train children, because that's what you do with baseball. You train children to play hard and run out every base. That's a big thing, right? Running out the base, even yeah. when you know you're going to be out. Run out every base, uh -huh. play hard to the end of the game, and all of a sudden they get to the major leagues and it's like, hey, do none of that shit. <laughs> do none of that. Respect, respect your opponent, baseball gods and whatever. Like, fuck off. Are you kidding me? You're paying a joke. And Chris Woodward looks... Dollars. Other than to Texas Rangers fan, fans, Chris Woodward and this entire situation looks like the dumbest thing any of us have ever seen. And if you're a baseball purist and you're on his side, I don't want to be... I don't want to know what baseball is supposed to look like in your head. Is every game going to be super close? No. And what happens is when you get blown out, you fucking saddle up and get out there again in the next game. I don't understand what this whole thing is. Hockey does this too. Why don't you embarrass an opponent? Opponent. Yeah. When you talk about real, true competitiveness, embarrassing your opponent can be either really good for them or really good for you because you want to not just beat your opponent, you want to annihilate your opponent. That's Have you the been point. watching these playoffs? Run up the score. There, there's course. two times where we see it all the time in hockey, and it comes from the same place. It's one at the Olympics, two at the World Juniors. And Don Cherry always, every year, it goes off at the those How can kids, these Canadian these Canadian kids run up the score in the Belgiums? It's eight nothing, and they're still trying to score. Yeah, you know. Actually, he doesn't mind that. It's when it's like United States and Russia, or no, no, he doesn't mind that either. It's United <laughs> States and somebody else, and well, well, there's look at this guy, this American hot dog, and let's be honest, that's what he it was. Crosby. He had, he had well, he had no problem with Canada beating Norway twelve nothing every year. No, no problem at all. But, but when it came to games that maybe, well, let's back off here just a second. That's, that's ridiculous. How dare you? Now, I can understand you having a muted celebration when it's the 12th goal. Yeah, you don't, you don't sell it like it's an OT winner. No, you just go pop, 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 back to the center, go. Yeah. 
But to say for a second that you should take your foot off the gas in professional sports is absolute lunacy. If you're feeling it, you got to keep feeling it. And the way you keep feeling it is you keep hitting and you keep skating and you keep scoring. It doesn't matter what goal it is. And you should embarrass your opponents. And the whole thing about this whole hockey gods or baseball gods or basketball gods or whatever, if you lose the next game, it means you pissed off that team enough. And the whole thing is, well, we wouldn't want to piss off that team because we want to continue to win. No, if you can win 12-0 one night, you can still win 12-0 the next night. Just show up. Show up and be good. What? Hey, Adam, don't embarrass this team tonight because next game they might try. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're in shit. Damn. I didn't if the professional that, athletes try, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. What's the plan then? I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I, I fully support. Listen, I've seen a billion Leafs blowouts. Um, and I don't understand why. And these are mostly men that we're watching, frankly, in these sports. Uh, why a group of 25 to 30 year old men can't handle a night of embarrassment. Like, is that, are they not, are they that coddled? Is it that hard? I mean, really, is it? Oh, we so all get embarrassed. We've all it's said not something shit. you haven't experienced before. You've been playing pro sports for 20 something years. You've you know? lost some games. You've lost before. Don't lose even like if, that then. Even if you throw the ball behind Manny Machado, if you're asked about it after the game, yeah, I was mad. <laughs> like don't justify it as something noble some unwritten yeah. code shut up you're getting dunked on you were embarrassed Just shut up yeah. shut up oh this, he needs to learn the steal by the way the next night when titi scored uh stole third base that was to tie the league lead in steals so like good love on. it wow. yeah. love it He's just love it. it good i good. love watching players like him he's yeah. so exciting good. He makes baseball exciting. It's so fun. It's so fun to watch guys like that. So he's the hope. Uh, I hope he never stops. And I, if I was the owner of the San Diego Padres, uh, who has a lot of money, by the way, and has spent a lot of money recently, uh, I would be calling my manager and going, "What the hell are you talking about?" No, put your money you where want, your mouth is. Trade. You don't want to work here anymore. Trade them to the Jays. <laughs> yeah, for your money, worry about this. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's get into the playoffs, guys, because there's been lots of developments since uh, since the first round really started. And obviously, I'm going to start with Jesse and I's probably worst moment on this show. Oh, I don't know about. The Colorado Coyotes pick. <laughs> it's not only is it bad for a Toronto Maple Leafs fan that Nazem Kadri's out there being an effective, amazing player in this series, which we all know he could be. We all knew that was possible. But Jesse and I also chose to pick the underdog Coyotes because we were, I'm not really sure what we were on that day, but we decided that was what we were going to do. Adam, what did we just talk about? What did we just talk about, Jesse? Playing until the bitter end. Mm, it is true. not over. Do not rule out the call uh, the almost like Colorado, the Arizona Coyotes. I agree, right. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even keep it together for this, Jesse. Come on. Damn it. <laughs> Do not rule out the Arizona Coyotes. Or the Avalanche. It's, it's, or them. Whatever. It's 3-1. They mm-hmm. could still win. Hey, there have been comebacks. You know? You know? So <laughs> comebacks. <laughs> now, uh, I, I do I, – the reason I thought that, that Ki- the Coyotes would have a better chance in this series – Is because you're dumb. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, it's because I thought that um, 
I thought that Taylor Hall would not want to light money on fire. But I'm really looking at this. Like, who? what kind of money does Taylor Hall get this offseason? I have absolutely no idea. Like, does he even get a Matt Duchesne contract? Which is eight over eight? Or eight over seven or whatever it was? That's a really good question, Adam. I don't know that he does. That's a really good question. Injury history mm-hmm. does not play center. Friggin' pandemic. Mm-hmm. And there's always been a notion about Taylor Hall that, hey, he can't get it done. Guy won league MVP and, hey, he can't get it done. Well, can he get it done now? He's, dude, he's got two. Now, this isn't fair because hockey's a team sport, but at the time of this recording, he has two playoff wins to his name. He has one with the Devils, one's, one with the Yotes, mm-hmm. unless you want to count the series against Nashville, in which he was very good. Now he's got the Colorado Avalanche, and like this is really deep into a career to be like, hey, well, he ran into Tampa, and then he ran into Colorado. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's weird that that sort of reputation follows around a guy like Taylor Hall, but it in no way follows around a guy like Ron Hainsey, who didn't make the playoffs until his mid-30s, immediately won a Stanley Cup and is all of a sudden the gray beard of choice of every NHL organization. Right, right. That dude makes almost four mil. Uh, now, I forgot to do this. We, we, we can't get into this yet fully. Now, we've, we've, we've talked about this series, but we need to talk about some sellies of past. The sellies of the past. How could I forget? Because you're dumb. I guess Celebrate so. with Frosted Flakes. Great idea, Tony. Let's. Okay, so we're talking about, when we talk about this segment, we're talking about the greatest celebrations in the playoffs of all time, Steve. The greatest ones, the ones that stick out, the ones that make every highlight top 10 reel, every uh, every, uh, big-time highlight show before a playoff season starts. What are you looking at? Is he on your wall? Is who on my wall? Well, Tony's on your wall. Tony is. Do you, do you see anyone else? Do you, do you see anyone with a distinct a distinctive feature? I see a Detroit Red Wings jersey. Ah, there it is. Steve Eiserman has uh. the Stanley Cup right there. Right there. Stanley Cup winner Steve Eiserman with what I think is one of the best goals in Stanley Cup playoff history. One of the best hockey broadcasting moments in Stanley Cup playoff history. Um, Just one of the most aesthetically pleasing moments in Stanley Cup playoff history. It's overtime, double overtime. Mm -hmm. The St. Louis Blues, Game 7, taken on Steve Eisenman and his Detroit Red Wings. Now, who are the killers on the St. Louis Blues at that point? Well, there might have been a a a guy you, you know named Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. Might have been a guy you know named Chris Pronger. He's on the wall, too. There he is right there. Uh, there might have been a guy you know named Al McInnes. There might have been a guy you know named Grant Fear. Now, now this was the non-Gretzky year, right? No, this was the Gretzky year. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wreck it? Mr. Gretzky was on the St. Louis Blues. And he was a part of this play, actually. Because Shane Corson he... was there, too. That's good. Was he? I think... Yeah, Shane Corson gave up the captaincy to Wayne. Oh, there I you think, go. I think, yeah. Anyway, continue. Sorry. I believe it. Um, 
Grand Fear was not in the series because I believe it was one Nick Kiprios took him out <laughs> with an injury. Uh, I want to say it was earlier in the playoffs or at the end of the regular season there. Uh, so it was, I want to say it was John Casey was mm. in net. And everyone goes, if Grant Fuhrer was in net, they would have sealed the series up. Wouldn't have gone to double overtime game seven. You might be right, but if you go back and look at the numbers, Casey was actually wonderful. And this game was a very low scoring game. Incredibly hard to get a goal. Wayne Gretzky. Duffs it in the neutral zone. Steve Eisenman takes possession of the puck. Just flies in on the wing. He's at like the blue line. Bombs it in a way that no one in the NHL does it today. Like no one who's streaking down the wing and taking a slap shot on the rush. Like it's Phil Kessel. (laughs) <laughs> You'll see guys do it. No, Phil Kessel's never taken a slap shot in his life. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, you will very rarely see busted out. No one really does it. No. Steve Eisenman just claps a bomb. Just mm, barring down. And I've never seen, or I rarely see this camera angle, just right over Casey's shoulder. You see him try. What's he going to do? Eisenman with a perfectly placed shot. The camera gets every morsel of it. And Eisman with the little skipping, going nuts, and all of Joe Lewis Arena losing their mind at the exact same time. That is one of my favorite sellies in Stanley Cup playoff history. Mr. Eisman, take a bow. Now that's a reason for a serial sellie. I, I absolutely agree, Tony. <laughs> I absolutely agree, <laughs> personal friend Tony the Tiger. So why not grab a bowl of Frosted Flakes? Why not? Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Steve's great. The feeling's mutual there, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. So the next series we need to get to is the St. Louis Blues-Vancouver Canucks series, which is now tied 2-2. Oops. Oops. Yep. Oops. Now, again, Vancouver. The more likable team because, you know, the Blues are the big, bad Blues. They won the championship. This is why they're a championship team. They're able to not get down on this. And what we've seen has been pretty even. Markstrom's still the X factor in this series, for sure, just like he, Biddington is for uh, the Blues. But what do you see from this, and how do you see this going out? Because now it's a best of three. Just like you said, it's one of those things where you sort of get into championship DNA. Right. You know what I mean? Best of three. It's You know it's going to be tight. You know there's not going to be a lot of ice. And the longer you give the reigning champions to figure you out, the worse it's going to get for you. They're and leaning on them. They're leaning on them. They're leaning on them. And I just feel like the, the, the best parts of the Canucks are the youth outside of JT Miller, who's not exactly, you know, a young gun anymore. Um, But the thing about the older guys is they just have more tools in their arsenal. Right. Even, even a guy like Patterson, even a guy like Quinn Hughes, who can do more than you it in a best of three series, I'd rather have the guy who's also very skilled, but has seen more. Mm -hmm. And the blues are just, Full of those guys. But what what is very interesting, though, is you throw Jake Allen in there and he makes like 40 saves or something like that. Well, how long is that going to last? Because that guy is like young Mike Smith. Like, he, he's super – You his numbers are going to stink generally. And you could throw him in there for a week and he is George Vesna. And 
There's no explaining it. I don't know. So maybe the Blues can ride him for a little bit. He maybe falters one game. They go right back to Bennington. I don't know. There you go. Um, Calgary and Dallas. So Calgary had a chance yesterday to close this series out and be kind of the first one through the gate. Dallas beat them in the most Dallas style ever. Two to one. Like it's, it's sort of, that's what Dallas does. Right. And they've won the last two games. Um, And that's the thing is that Calgary was up. (coughs) Excuse me. Was up three to nothing in this series. Dallas has now won two in a row. Calgary's only got to win. They've only got to win. They got to pull three periods together. So I have a question. It's related to the end of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I had the writer in the athletic who wrote this article, but I thought it was really fun because at the end of the game there, um, one of the Calgary players, their stick breaks and that's how they got the OT winner. Cause it, essentially it turned into a power play with a guy because he can't, he can't stick, he can't poke check. So it's essentially five on four at that point. And right. the athletic wrote this interesting article on what, what's the right call when your stick breaks? Do you? Because he, he, I forget who, I forget who stick broke, but he, he hands it to Brody, and or Brody stick breaks. He gets one from one of the forwards, yeah. and then the forwards now missing the stick, and now it's a five on four. Dallas scores because of the broken stick. Is well, the right call in that situation to run to the bench and get a stick? That's what I've seen a lot of guys argue. I think it is. And I also don't – I'm not convinced that giving your stick to the defenseman is the smart move, and I'll tell you why. A lot of times on a power play when a team is getting set up, the majority of the time is spent high. Like if you were to, if you were to look at you know, the time spent uh, in a you – know, up, up near the blue lines or along the boards time versus in close to the net, um, it's going um, to be a lot more uh, at the point. Or, or kind of going around. A lot of times power plays collapse in and they try to get tighter and tighter and tighter. And a defenseman's body, if they're going to block a shot, becomes more useful um, when, uh, when, you're, w- when the actual power play collapses in and becomes tighter. Whereas a forward becomes absolutely useless if they have no chance of poke checking or at least challenging a check um, at the blue line. And so for me, it's like either run off the ice and get it or don't, I don't understand giving it to a defenseman. I don't get that. I understand giving the goalie his stick back. I understand giving your stick if you can, but I don't get giving your stick to a defenseman. I don't think it's as valuable because I really don't think, especially in today's NHL, they're not spending a lot of power play time down below, right? It's it's a lot of it's sort of, they get into the thing, they get set up. There's not a lot of digging in the corners the way there used to be, right? It's all perimeter Uh, work. Just a couple things. It was actually 2-1 Calgary. Dallas tied it up. Oh, and then yeah, sorry. And then, uh, not that you should take pointers from the Leafs, but there was actually a really good example of this against the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Leafs had two broken sticks. Um, And it it wasn't on the penalty kill, but it was, uh, I want to say it was Matthews and Tavares. (laughs) Both had broken sticks. And Riley took your advice there, Adam, and he gave his stick to Matthews, I believe, and Tavares just bailed and went to the bench because they very quickly realized we're not able to do anything. <laughs> like, so they, uh, they solved their problem. They, they solved their problems one little issue at a time, but you're right. If the, if the high guy doesn't have a stick, uh, unless he's the fastest kid alive, he's going to have a real hard time doing anything, do anything. of value mm-hmm. for his team. You've just taken yourself out of the play completely. You're not doing anything except for maybe lying down for a shot. Right. Right. Like Tim Brush. You're trying to jump in front of pucks. 
Yes. Which yes. can uh, causes its own issues. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I, that's, it's, it's an odd one, but I, I think that, that there's a mindset there that needs to probably change. I just thought uh, it was a fascinating conversation that rarely happens in hockey that came out of that game, you know? Yeah. Vegas, uh, Vegas did win uh, their series against Chicago. Uh, hey, listen, Chicago got a game in there, and that's a lot more than anybody thought. Chicago got in there, which is a lot more. Than <laughs> yes, thought. yes. I mean, that Chris Johnston said it before. Uh, he said this probably could be the last playoff run for that core. And this might have been it. This might be the last time we see that core the way it is. Now, they've got some good young players coming up. But you do have to wonder with Chicago going into the offseason here, they, know, they can't dilute themselves as management into saying we had a shot at the postseason. They didn't. Right. They were not going to make it. If this was a normal season, they were not there. They're 24th yeah. of 31. That is not championship material in Chicago. They have higher standards than that, or at least I want to believe that they do. So what do you do? It's very interesting because what, what I actually got out of these playoffs, and maybe I got the wrong lesson because I know their stats throughout the season were garbage. But what I got out of these playoffs is uh, they got this far because of their core because of their experience. And I feel like it's starting to rub off on some of the less experienced guys on the team. I mean, look what happened to Kubalik and mm. look at the uh, production of a guy like Dylan Strom, who is, I mean, he looked like a bust there in Arizona. Now he's gone to Chicago and he's a bit, you know, he's a contributor. Alex DeBrinket has been really good. I, I look at Chicago and they've gotten decent goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, their problem is their defense is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ole Mata's not awesome. Connor Murphy's not awesome. Um, Brent Seabrook's obviously cooked. Uh, and th- I mean, the biggest problem I see with this team, besides uh, the guys around Duncan Keith, is the fact that Duncan Keith is 37. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if blow up the core is the thing to do there. Um, you could get a fortune. You could. Um, or could you? Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane make 10.5 each. I don't, I don't know with a non-accelerating cap if you could anymore. Maybe for Kane. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get... You're not going to get the necessary value out of trading either of those guys. Mm-hmm. And, and what team right now desperate as they are for talent is looking to bring on that kind of cap hit. Yep. I just don't exactly. see it. Um, so you make a couple prudent uh, defense. I mean, the, what Chicago could have going for them is they might be able to get help for cheap. You know, you're starting to look at, you know, okay, I, I'm going to have difficulty getting the money I want. So I should just go with the situation I would like. So maybe I want to play with these guys in Chicago. Interesting. You know, maybe mm. I could maybe I could sign there for cheap. Um, their regular season was terrible. Obviously, they got kind of hot at times, but overall, it was pretty terrible. But I just watched them in these playoffs, and they don't look like a team that's cooked to me. Do you think they won some UFAs by winning a series around? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I think so. Time. I think so. Big well, time. winning the play-in, I guess. But yeah, yeah. still playing in Chicago is not the worst thing in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and who beat them? The goalie they traded away at the deadline. And I, and I believe they also, uh, you know, I was talking about their defense as one of the things that 
uh, hamstrung them. I want to say they got rid of – I want to say they sent one of their guys to Calgary, who they could have just as easily played uh, mm-hmm. in, in these playoffs. So it was a tough go for Chicago. I wouldn't blow it up because I don't think you can. Um, I think you do some things similar to what I think the Leafs need to do, which is uh, you're going to have to get rid of guys. You're going to have to find ways to get rid of the contracts that aren't necessarily the greatest value. Could it be the Brandon Sod contract? Brandon Sod. Dude, they have Zach Smith. When did really? that happen? I don't remember that. I don't either. Uh, there's there's a few not-so-great deals on there. You, Duncan Keith is one of the only uh, ridiculous – uh, over eight year contracts, I could see the player playing to the end of it. <laughs> yeah. And he makes, le- he makes just over 5.5 against the cap. No wonder the, that shit's illegal. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. It's so bad. Um, no, they're not cooked. They are, however, going to have trouble with signing Dylan Strom. I don't know what the move is there. And Kubalik is a RFA too. That's going to be tough. Okay, so we need to take a minute for Aviv smoothies. Now, I have started mine here. It only looks like juice right now. But the great thing about Aviv smoothies is that all you need to do, I've only put one cube in, and they're actually, it looks like a little pizza. I'll show you. Like that. So if you're just looking for like a little snack, you put four in, because there's eight. Uh, if you're looking for breakfast, you put eight in. And what you if do- you're, If you're 6'4 and 200 plus, then you put eight in. <laughs> then you put eight in all the time. So I'm just putting it four in. And what the yeah, See, part- I'm not 6'4. <laughs> the best part about this is that you are able to do this on the go. You don't have to pull out the blender. You don't have to clean anything. It's just pop these guys out and then put them in the beef smoothie shaker, which I'm going to do right here. It's going to take a little bit of time to melt. You can put almond milk in. You can put water in, whatever works for you, uh, or just milk, whatever. Literally, it doesn't matter. And I, the best part about this is if you're on the go, if you're, if you're like in a rush in the morning, you put one of these in. You, uh, you go and take a shower. It's almost melted by the time you're done. And then you're, you know, if you're off on the train, if you're even going into the office, or if you just flat out uh, forgot that you had to wake up early for a Zoom call, um, this is kind of the perfect thing to have. Uh, it's, it's, it's easy and it's fun. And actually, we'll check back in towards the end of the show and I will show you, but you can see it's already getting darker and darker mm. and delicious-ier. Mm. So Aviv Smoothies, check them out uh, at avivsmoothie.com. And uh, there's actually a little bit of a promo code. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let me just pull that up for you right now. Um, Jesse, in the meantime, yes, I want to know something. Yes. Your favorite flavor. Ah, oh, this is easy. <laughs> so okay. they have they have a they have a line of like sports smoothies that I mm-hmm. like, and they have one that's cashew mocha. So it's cashews and chocolate, and then you just put the, you put your little cubes in the thing, and you shake it, and you throw some milk on top. And okay, it's the most amazing thing in the world. You get your protein that way, and you get to have some chocolate. Well, and in, and when you do use the promo code SDP, we're going to give you two additional smoothies and an Aviv shaker, just like the one I have. You can shake it up. I'm not going to shake it up yet because it's not quite melted enough but you can get one of these plus two additional smoothies if you use the promo code sdp at avivesmoothies.com so check that out Mm. delicious all right so next series montreal philadelphia montreal followed up playing its two best games i think of the season by playing two of its worst the philadelphia flyers are that good ali and vino fired up the troops by saying, hey, those guys violated the unwritten code of hockey by playing really good against us and playing their top power play 
when we were up five, when they were up five, nothing. And that's when the Canadians done goofed at them. You know why? Because the next game, the Flyers tried. (laughs) And then it was over. Damn, nobody considered that. Curtains, you're done. Because what are you going to do when the Philadelphia Flyers in the Stanley Cup playoffs find it within themselves to try? Um, There is a wonderful meme from Mark Dumont, who has done some work with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, throughout these playoffs he uh has that uh despicable me explaining the things on a chart scores six goals in the first four games allow five goals against trail the series 3-1 trail the series 3-1 and that's basically the story of the montreal Canadiens so far they had one big game where they lit everything up but the philadelphia flyers i know the toronto maple leafs organization is going to try to nab up every single one of them because they love their two, one wins. They're willing to base the future of the franchise on one, two, one win from game five in 2019. And the Philadelphia Flyers are the Kings of it right now. They are in a series with Carey Price and Carter Hart. Uh, Man, the Islanders really do have the Capitals number. Steve, you said it at the beginning of the series. Um, Who do you give the edge to? Do you give it to the team that the coach knows or the coach the team knows? And you gave it to the coach, and boy, are the Islanders looking solid. I'm I'm stunned the Caps even pushed it to five uh, last night. I'm stunned. Um, But, uh, boy, you know, you talked about, you know, maybe it's time to move on. I think you might have been describing the Capitals a little bit better than the Blackhawks. Now, we said that after the Penguins won in 2017 and the Capitals went on to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. So, you never know. I mean, they have an excellent core, but it sounds like they're going to move on from Braden Holtby. Todd Reardon ain't it. Um, I mean, he's certainly not trots. Mm Mm-hmm. What? So I don't. I don't know what I'm you so do there. I'm surprised they didn't just pay him. Eh? Like he, in retrospect, yeah. I think that's the lesson they learned, isn't it? We talked about that too. It's like, why are you letting go of a coach that that consistently gets you to the second round? They I, I literally never that. won the Stanley Cup and he walked away. It made zero sense. And you let him go to a divisional rival. Yeah, when you could have just forked up a couple million dollars. Well, it, and it'll cost you as much in gate when you don't, right. you know, when you keep losing in the playoffs, right? It's, it's, I mean, obviously there's no gate this year, but still, you got to. They didn't know that. They didn't know that. Exactly. <laughs> um, the Columbus Blue Jackets and Tampa Bay Lightning, this is the series that, this is the way we thought this series should have gone last year. Uh, well, Adam, it, uh, it was very interesting because Columbus did have control of game five today. And Pierre-Luc Dubois was on his bullshit. He was back on his bullshit. Clear interference mm-hmm. against Braden Point. Clear checking from behind on Nikita Kucherov. And I saw a great tweet from someone who I think has protected tweets. So uh, I will just say what they said. It is now a yearly tradition to have Leaf fans complain about someone who's sneaky dirty and get called whiners only for that team to make it to the next round. <laughs> And have everyone go, man, this guy's a dirty piece of crap. Yeah, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois. And 
I couldn't help but think, what you know, why do you complain about a player like that? They're obviously never going to call it. Why don't you go ahead and get a player like that for your team? Get a player with no regard, who is just completely belligerent and will injure you no matter what because the NHL is never going to call anything. Anyway, I hope Nazem Kadri and the Colorado Avalanche as well. <laughs> but uh, Braden Point got the last laugh. He ended it in overtime off a giveaway. And the Lightning move on. And a painful one. Uh, Boston, 4-3 over Carolina. Uh, they're playing again, I believe, tonight. Yes, they are tonight. Reimer allowed four goals against when his team was up three. <sighs> this is why I'm off Twitter. <laughs> every now and then i'm like let me check okay yeah. <laughs> nope. it was heartbreaking like that it's uh, just like we've seen this before we've seen this before and we've seen it with this team in this city before it's just a shame that you know the bruins are cooked without rask you know just right like they seem to said. be doing okay with halak <laughs> just like everyone said just like everyone said. it's like have any bruins fans watched the bruins like, <laughs> Yaroslav Alak's really good. He's really, really good. Uh, boy, that's a that's a tough one, though. That's a tough one, though. Oh, James. What's a tough I, one? Oh, yeah, James. What? James. What? I yeah, don't like know what to say about James. Yeah, it's – ooh. That's and you know what? I, I think it seemed like the wind came out of the sails for the Canes when Svechnikov went down. It really felt like – oh, like it, there just seemed to be a – there was a, a sort of like a sadness. And I think the way he went down and the controversy around that probably had an effect as well. But, man, that's tough. We now go live to Jack Edwards for his reaction. I don't know. <laughs> that's hockey. I'm not fussed. <laughs> and those are the series. Yeah, he's got another ankle. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. He's got no, one. No. He's got two. Sudeto Chara has a spare in his back pocket. Anyway, so let's get into the press conference. Got time for a couple questions. Jesse, go ahead. Xander says, not sure if there's a podcast today. Yes, there is, Xander. But if so, question for the presser. It's free agency and you have slept in. And wake up to the Leafs announcing they have signed Thornton, Spezza, and Marlowe to league men as their fourth line. What is your reaction, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> Literally. Like, what, is this NHL 20? Like, what, what's the point? <laughs> um, I think, listen. Is I that what they need right now? Well, I mean, Spezza can still wheel. I don't know if Marlowe still can skate the way he did, um, even when he started with the Leafs. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that does for you in terms of, like, options, right? Can you put any of those guys on the penalty? You can put maybe some of them on the second power play, I guess. Like, Marlowe, you can't really do any of that with. Thornton on the second power play is interesting. And Spezza, no one would shoot, but... No, nobody would shoot. I don't know. Pass and pass and pass. It's sort of like... it. Are any of those guys going to outdo a Pierre Engvall? Like, you know, and I know that so there are people that are split on him. Uh, they're certainly more valuable than like a Freddie Goche, but I, I wonder um, 
I wonder honestly, like, does that just limit you? Like, do you, do you need them all? Can you get two or three? I think Thornton and Spezza make a lot of sense. Marlowe, I think, has done his time here. And I, I much as I loved Patrick Marlowe here, I hated the contract. Uh, th- I wouldn't hate the contract now, but he's going to be like 40. I don't know. I just don't see – you're going to be tight against the cap anyway. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm okay with it as long as the Leafs I'm, – I'm okay with it as a frivolous wouldn't this be fun – signing if that's all they do though uh i want to see what they've done on the trade market because yeah. it, it seems like a, a pretty consensus pick that the leafs need meat meat they can play the way that they do i don't have a problem with them playing the way that they do but they need mean angry meat and that's you know when your steak it ended up being spezza and it was freaking pathetic what I said, you know, when your steak cusses you out, that's the kind of meat they need. Yeah, where is it you from the plate? Hot mustard. Okay, they're fancy pants. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up! I'm trying to eat. Stop cussing me out there. Steak on my plate. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a cool idea, but also this Marner they need. For- this Marner for Ekblad thing needs to go away because the least management's oh, yeah. not high on Ekblad and it's not going to happen. Now there's lots I'm of people. Saying. I'm getting I'm getting trade proposal after trade proposal. Marner Ekblad, Marner Ekblad. I don't know where it's coming from or why. That doesn't it's happening. even save you money. No, it's no. Well, it does Barely. a little bit. It three, does less than three million. Per yeah, and Ekblad's not even like peak. He's not value for Marner. No. Yeah, Marner like I'll take more, him, but like yeah, but yeah, that's not it. It doesn't make sense. No, no but I keep getting them. Uh, next question. Next question. This is from Samir Raza. Since we're on people Leafs should target, uh, they are asking, do you think the Leafs should target Chris Tanev? He would be perfect with Riley. <sighs> He's kind of old, isn't he? Yeah. What's the, my question is, what's the contract? Like, that's been always the issue. He's had a great year, and he was healthy most of the year, but that's not normal for Chris Tanev. He's a 50- or 60-game guy a lot of the time. He's had a lot of injuries. He's a tough guy. And as James Myrtle said about Stahl all those years ago, and so, somehow Stahl came back, hard miles. Hard, hard miles. miles. And so, um, I like him, but I don't like him at what he's going to cost. And I <sighs> – I know there's fans of him in the Leafs organization, but I think they're fans of five years ago him. Like, he's, he's solid. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at his numbers. They're fairly consistent. His penalties went way up this year, mm-hmm. uh, and he's having an unreal playoff. But, I mean, he's, he's 30, but he's a hard 30, man. Yes. He and he's going to be 31 when the next season begins. It's a hard 31. Who knows? Maybe I'm, I'm fascinated to know what impact um, COVID-19 has on guys like Chris Tanev, like mm-hmm. the, the, just the, the structure of the NHL season. Cause what he's ef- effectively going to get is two off seasons. You yeah, might we'll see, see some guys get rust that, that never shakes off. And you might see some guys that completely rejuvenate their career. Thornton, yeah to that end is real interesting because he's old as hell and has two bum knees. He could be done forever or he could get another two years out of it. I have yeah. no idea, but right now, uh, Tanev, I mean, and he's a right-handed D like the Leafs are really going to have to go to the bargain bin and 
right-handed D with experience coming off a hot playoffs. Ooh, is he going to get overpaid big time? Yeah, true, true. We got time for one more, Jess. One more. Our one more question comes from Tanner Chuby. Tanner Chuby says, are the New York Islanders a team you guys could see going all the way to the Stanley Cup this year? Like win it or go to the cup final? Win it mm-hmm. and win it. go to the cup final because you gotta like, you gotta get there it. to win it. They're gonna like win it. <laughs> um, no, do you, think, do you think they have Stanley Cup potential this year? Yeah, like they're yeah. they're they're not one of those teams that you know when we talk about defensive teams or whatever. You know, we're talking about the Habs. Like, well, you know, they gotta rely on Carey Price, and we talk about the Coyotes. Like, well, they gotta rely on Darcy Kemper. The New York Islanders, they, like it's their whole system. They're a swarm, um, and you can just, you know, take one guy out, put another guy in, and they're basically the same team. Those teams do really well in the playoffs, and they try really hard. Um, I still, I'm not convinced on paper, but they man, keep they showing good, us on on the ice, man. Yeah, they get good goaltending. They play really strong structurally, and they have one of the best coaches in the NHL. You can mess around and win a cup with that for sure. Yeah. With that, that's the end of the Steve Dangle podcast for this particular episode. We will be back on Sunday for more, for more fun. Right? How much fun? The most fun. Well, well, not not too much, because what if? Our opposing podcast come back next time and try. Oh, oh. damn! And somebody's gonna throw at us. You guys gotta learn. (laughs) Oh, Jesse. Well, anyway, we'll see you next time. See you Sunday. Love you. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.